0: First things first, we've got a small announcement before the podcast starts. Or not small, it's kind of big. The Techish Podcast is joining the HubSpot Podcast Network. So we're going to be alongside a bunch of other amazing podcasts like My First Million, Side Hustle Pro, and a whole bunch of other secret gems of podcasts that you're going to love to hear about. So first things first, don't worry, nothing's going to change dramatically about the Techish podcast. We're still going to be the same old podcast, except that from time to time, we're going to big up a whole bunch of dope podcasts that you may not have heard of. The first one I got to shine the light on is called Inclusion and Marketing by Sonia Thompson. It's a great must-listen podcast for any marketing professional. I tuned in and I heard so many gems within the first five minutes. I was like, damn. So the first one I heard was... The first thing you need to know about me is that I'm not you. Jem. Second one I heard is inclusion requires decentering yourself. Essentially, listen, your lived experience is not going to be everyone else's lived experience. And if you're trying to market to the general population, you definitely got to decenter yourself so that you can fully target all your potential consumers. So check it out, Inclusion and Marketing on All Good Podcast Apps. The link is in the show notes. Go support that. Yo, everyone, welcome back. Brand new techish. This tech-ish. episode, where we're gonna kind of do our predictions for the upcoming year, and hopefully, we don't look like a bunch of fools by getting a bunch of stuff wrong. But we're smart. I hope we're smart, and we're gonna figure it out. And by the way, this is Michael Pahane, CEO of Pocket and Pocket Jobs, at least I forget. And I am joined with
1: Abedesi of Hustle
0: Crew. Abedesi in the house. All right, cool, let's go. Predictions, predictions, predictions. So 2023, what will it bring? What comes to mind when I say predictions for 2023, Abba?
1: Well, what comes to mind is that I can kind of remember the year 1993 and that freaks me out because I think that shows (laughs) that I'm visually getting older so <laughs> that's interesting like being able to remember the past <laughs> with clarity mm. no what i'm thinking of when i think of 2023 is i'm thinking of like conflict first of all because i'm mm. thinking of how this year started with russia invading ukraine so i'm thinking about who's invading who next year because if i know one thing about men in power is that they love a little bit of invasions
0: no fight they
1: love to you know just step on foreign lands and grab what they can. So, you know, I'm looking at you, world leaders, and I know some of y'all plotting something. So, yeah.
0: What's the inside scoop? What do you know? You sound like you know something. What's? The, I
1: mean, it's like, what's the inside scoop? you're saying this like I've like got connections to intelligence you do, agencies. Rob, you. I'm just watching the same YouTube videos as every other <laughs> millennial conspiracist. But maybe China, stuff happening around there, some like yeah. potentially worrying Taiwan. stuff happening around there. Just clamping up and pushing around Taiwan, Hong Kong, who knows what. Things are going to happen, I predict.
0: I hope you're wrong on that one. I can't lie.
1: I also hope I'm wrong on that one. So that's one thing that I predict. I also predict, like, the microprocessor shortage that's affecting, like, you know, the production of a lot of electronics Mm. in our industry and other things perpetuating and worsening. And I think hopefully, maybe it's going to change the way that we consume electronic goods. But The downside is it's going to affect the manufacturers who employ thousands of people around the world. So I'm thinking about, you know, I'm maturing. Like I said, I'm growing up. I'm thinking macro. I'm thinking macro, but on a micro level, I'm just thinking about the way that I live and what will be different for me. And I probably will be traveling less than I did this year because I don't have two incomes anymore. (laughs) Uh, This year I had a job and a company, and this time I just have a company. So I'm in building mode selling mode because it's a different macroeconomic climate those are my headlines come at me with your headlines i think my
0: ones are similar to yours i definitely predict a next at least three very rough quarters for everyone involved i think layoffs will continue to kind of um Mm. keep coming so everybody watch out there and prepare all founders kind of prepare accordingly kind of thing get leaned you know i'm saying get rugged and just be mindful that it's going to be for a little while Mm -hmm. and then the other prediction i have there's definitely going to be a Bubble in generative AI, so there's that kind of cycle
1: <laughs> that. <exists in laughs> well your, said. Your, well said.
0: Yeah, there's that general cycle that exists whenever there's like a new hype technology which is the real people that are really excited about the technology that are early builders they kind of do their thing then eventually it hits kind of like a mainstream not mainstream but like early adopters so the vcs basically are going to pour lots of money into those kind of early founders that did their real thing in the dark when nobody cared about it then there's going to be a whole bunch of founders and these are the founders who when you go to like a tech event they're like what space should I work in? Those people, they don't really have (laughs) an interest in anything apart from how do I raise money? They don't really have any real excitement about the technology. They just want to be in the hot space. So once those people get in, that's when the hype cycle really truly starts. And I think by the end of this year or early 2024, is when people will be like, actually, there was a whole bunch of crap companies that got funded here, basically, right? So definitely, you'll see a lot of crypto people and crypto money going into generative AI because that's going to be the next hype cycle, basically. (laughs) But what I will say about generative AI and just, you know, chat GBT and stable diffusion and like Lenzo, what we saw, there will not be a lack of application. And I compare this to crypto. With crypto and blockchain, the technology existed and we had to sit here for 13 years while people try to come up with use cases and they struggle to find use cases, right? With a generative AI, there will be a million use cases. People are already building products that are actually quite useful, that I'm actually thinking about buying and getting involved in. Like, For example, I saw a product where it can it's a plugin and basically it will respond to your emails for you. And you can tell it, what? make it upbeat, make it frustrated, make it angry, make it short, make wow. it think, and then it will read your email, whatever has been sent to you, and it will just be like, hey, boom, 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 with the tone that you want, with the length that you want, and stuff like that will be a game changer. And pretty soon- And would will-
1: you tell people that you have AI writing your emails, or would no, you just no. be like, when someone's like, oh, that was such a funny joke in your last email, you'd be like, Haha, yeah, thanks, bro, but you don't know what they're talking about.
0: I don't know. I don't think you have to. And I think it's going to be very difficult. The future is going to be interesting, where basically it's going to be my AI communicating with your AI. <laughs> and like, it's going to be a battle between the AIs. But, anyways, yes, yeah, so those chilling. are my two predictions a rough economy with at least a tough three quarters bubble and generative AI. And then I think definitely a TikTok ban, possibly. I smell it. I thought it would be this year.
1: Oh. Well, tell so, me
0: more i think tiktok will either be banned or this year it will be finally be forced to change ownership so there will be a situation where they will say tiktok usa will have to be completely separate from tiktok china or mm. outright banned, basically so yeah those are my kind of three high level predictions you got anything else or any thoughts based on what i've well, said well
1: i've been reading some interesting statistics about like tiktok and tiktok consumption and i think where did i read this now was it the financial times the times bloomberg it must be the financial times i think but it was talking about like how how much people use TikTok and, Ooh. you know, the average amount of time spent on it a day. I think it's 90 minutes in the U S 60 minutes in the UK are the average user. Right. And it was also talking about how TikTok's so addictive that they, you know, have had to build in their own health warnings. Cause it's like a combination of getting into flow state where you're not mm-hmm. aware of the passing of time, but with the dopamine trigger, That means you're still getting stimulated enough and enough feel-good chemicals. So I just wonder if 23 is going to be a year of also understanding more like the health risks. And Mm. maybe there's going to be some renegade lawmaker out there that's like, we need to put a label on these things. We need to put a health warning every time you open the app. There's always some country who's slightly more clued up and slightly more progressive. And they're going to say like, before you even open the TikTok app, a little bubble has to pop up on your phone saying like, are you prepared to lose 60 minutes of your life? Yes or no? And then yes to proceed. And then you can go on it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, listen, that might make sense. In terms of my prediction about the hype cycle and founders going into the space, do you think there will be, yeah. do you think this economy will dissuade a lot of wannabe entrepreneurs from get from trying this now, basically? Because for the last 10 years, there's been a lot of, tech has been sexy, in it? It felt like every time you read the paper, someone yes. was r- raising money and, you know, it was just insane. So someone became a billionaire overnight. Mm. Do you think now people will just be like, you know what, let me just get a job or am I being? be <laughs> confused with it?
1: you're definitely being too negative with it look how many people are still want to be an investment banker even after the credit crunch right, right? like That's a cushy i job, think right. what's
0: job. once you're in it's very cushy and safe this is not cushy and safe
1: I wouldn't say that finance is Christian safe. I would say that, like, you know, there have been layoffs in that sector as well and downsizing in that sector as well. I think what's changed with tech is the veneer has been rubbed off. Mm -hmm. You know, I used to always say when I first started working in tech, like, what is the difference between a venture capitalist and an investment banker? One wears jeans and one wears Mm -hmm. a suit. But, like... What yeah. What is the difference, right? And for a long time, tech's been like, hey, you can wear a hoodie, you can do this, you can do that, you can have fun. But anyone who's worked in a startup, ourselves included, knows that you were doing the hours of a consultant or an investment banker. I yeah. mean, you were in a hoodie or jeans and you weren't on a Bloomberg terminal, you were in a Google spreadsheet, but you were still doing the work, right? You were doing right. the hours. And we were able to kind of like separate it from other Just like high time intensity, highly competitive environment jobs like banking, like consulting because literally because we didn't wear suits and that's kind of it. Like in terms of the after work culture, very similar. A lot of drinking, a lot of, you know, socializing, this and the other, off sites. All of the ideas from tech were taken from the finance world, like taken from, or the consulting world. Why? Because a lot of the investors and founders in tech came from that world. That was their finishing school before they came into entrepreneurship. So as someone that's been in the game for a long time and has friends in other industries, I can see now actually the similarities between the industries more so than the differences. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's different in tech, but I don't think people are going to stop wanting to be founders or stop wanting to be early stage startup employees. There are still startups raising, there are still founders hiring, not as many as there were, but they're still there. And I still think that many people will want that life of like, I'm just going to raise a business. And you have to remember, like, there's always going to be a certain class of people. I think if your parents were entrepreneurs, you're like a hundred times more likely to be an entrepreneur. Yeah, that's true. And there's just going to always be people whose parents were entrepreneurs or whose parents were early employees that are going to want yeah, to pursue not, that life.
0: I'm not saying that nobody's going to want to be a founder. There's obviously mm. going to be a percentage of people that are attracted to that and always going to want to do that. But I definitely think in good times, there's a lot more people who really ain't about that life. And because it's sexy and because it seems like, oh my God, like I'm going to be the next Mark Zuckerberg, they want to get involved. And I think <laughs> those people are going to be dissuaded because I've gone to so many of these events and I'm like, mm. this, this ain't for you, bro. This ain't for you, like... <laughs> Right. Like you're the you're the person who got the good grades in school and like yeah. you're looking for the safe route and you're looking for what's the next thing to do where I can basically pat patted on the head. Where's my school teacher that's gonna tell me I'm a good student, basically, and you're better off going to a safe company and this founder of life, mm. I don't think you're really about it. Maybe I'm being a hater, but that's my prediction, isn't it? It we'll
1: was Oh yeah, I definitely think that risk attitudes could change for sure. And it's a more risky path now. I I hear that for sure. Yeah. Hey listeners, when was the last time you heard someone say it's almost too easy when talking about a piece of tech? Probably never, right? Because tech usually isn't easy. Tech is usually too complicated, too busy, and too frustrating when it should be just plain easy. HubSpot CRM platform is ridiculously easy to learn, use, and love, as we've loved at the Hustle Crew team headquarters. (laughs) That's because it's a handcrafted, sophisticated system designed for the way teams actually work. Not a bunch of cobbled together tools that don't speak to each other. Super simple, a suite of powerful tools that seamlessly connect your teams and customizable hubs that you can add or subtract as you grow. It's not almost too easy to use. It's easy to use, period, especially for distributed remote teams like mine. So learn how HubSpot can help your business grow better at HubSpot.com
0: other prediction i have this is again on my me being a hater i think (laughs) i think the fan companies meta you know whatever the new acronym is for those companies they will start to resemble real companies again like they will start to resemble what we kind of know and understand about capitalism because for the longest period of time working there and at least from the outside it looked like miracle land it looked like disneyland didn't make no sense it was like (laughs) 10 30 10 45 couple hours of work do some yoga have your food given to you then you can get on a bus back home (laughs) that we're thinking that we're gonna think there's no real worries about outcomes there's no real worries about you know does this work really matter at least definitely at google which is the quintessential example and i feel like over the next year or two they're going to start to resemble more traditional work environments that will make it less of an attractive proposition to be there. And it will probably attract people that probably want to actually just kind of grind and work hard a bit more. Because I do not believe especially with things yeah. like ChatGPT, i think for the first time google does look a bit vulnerable and the monopoly they had on search and also i think essentially search was a license to print money and when you have a license to print yeah. money you don't need to worry about being competitive and you don't need to worry about are we optimizing our work environment are we optimizing our employees and i feel like now that's yeah. going to change basically because it's not the world it once was where your stock prices goes through the roof and everyone's throwing money at you and you're making money hand over fist there's still going to be wildly profitable companies but they're going to start to resemble more traditional companies is my prediction what's your thoughts Actually, actually moving on to the next one does that make sense to you
1: it's interesting because i'm like reading a book at the moment by mark s lucky so you know he's a black techie who's written about our world basically and i'm reading his book valley girls at the moment and it's <laughs> reading it now so i'm pretty sure it came out like four or five years ago but reading it now you start to understand why tech even is in the place that it's at so it's kind of like right. talking about this social media company it's like you know, suggests from the way that it's described that it's kind of like talking about Facebook, basically like the way that the, you know, the campus is set up the way there's like free shuttle services in and out of town, the way there's, you know, gourmet chefs, this, that, and the other sleeping pods, everything yeah. you can think of snacks, grab some snacks on your way out, swag, this swag that. And you're just like, none of these things are critical for the success of a company.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Like they're nice to have and this whole idea of like keep them at the office, this, that and the other. But you know, millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars that could be going into just other things were being spent on that. And you have to start to wonder like, why, why was that the recipe? Why was that the formula? And did that formula work? I mean, obviously it worked to some extent, but now over the longer arc of time, we realize it didn't, right? It's not working. So yeah, I'm with you on that. Like I think, don't get me wrong, because I've been a beneficiary of a lot of those perks over the last 10 years (laughs) of my life. But now I'm looking back on it and it's just like, did we need that? I don't know if we needed that. It was nice to have it was great
0: get it while you can I think the reason why is everyone was copying Google basically Google was the company mm. that first started it and Google like I said had a license to print money so in an environment where you make never-ending money basically and you got a money tap your biggest concern now becomes protecting that tap and how do you do that you basically just hire up anyone with any talent in your area usually white guys phds whatever and you just have them comfortable in your company so they never go off and start their own company yes. number one you know what i'm saying and number two they never join another company so then meta and all the other companies who had good companies but not as probably um i mean meta's business model is pretty lucrative but it's not as pretty as lucrative as google they copied that and then it trickled down to where you got companies that like groupon maybe where you're at or amazon or you know companies where they could be great companies but it's not guaranteed Everyone started copying these things, all these perks and whatnot. So I think that will now start to kind of cascade down the chain and eventually it'll get to Google where the perks probably slow down slightly. We'll see. I read a super interesting article. I don't know if it falls under predictions, but the article was titled, Did housing cause the Bitcoin bubble? Basically, it's essentially looking at how in advanced economies, housing has now become a luxury that most people can't afford. Most young people can't afford to buy their house. It's so expensive now. And essentially what that means is there's less incentive for low risk saving. Basically why save your money if there's nothing you can do with that money, basically really beyond, you know, it used to be save your money for a deposit, do a little, maybe 5%, find some kind of interest, some low kind of savings account where you can kind of protect your money and know that you can spend it to buy a house eventually. Now the article argues that because that Route is no longer available. Crypto and meme stocks, which were disproportionately owned by young people, were because home ownership is so unattainable. It yeah. made gambling on crypto and meme stocks just a like, um, speculation, just much more attractive because it was like, well, there's nothing I can do about buying a house. There's no route to wealth that way for me. So, effort it. Why not just gamble and put it all on black? Let me just get these meme stocks, wow. basically, as a chance of home ownership kind of fades away into the distance. Yeah. um I don't know how completely true it is. It's an interesting hypothesis, <laughs> but you know, there is an element where it's YOLO capitalism. You know what I'm saying? And I did see people say that actually Black Americans were disproportionately impacted by the crypto downturn because there was a massive push for that. And I feel like when you have less wealth, you're more likely to be like YOLO, let's just put it all on Black, basically. So that was a concerning trend of 2022. I think this is more of a 2022 outlook as opposed to a prediction per se. But it does it ring true from the people that maybe you know or just in general, your thought process. If you can't buy a house, if wealth isn't attainable, Mm. Does all of a sudden just more riskier assets become, you know, the only route you can see to any kind of wealth? You might as well kind of think.
1: I guess it's this idea of like desperate times call for desperate measures. Yeah. So there's probably a bit of an energy to that. I think there's also, I have like a huge amount of compassion for people in their 20s, right? And also, to be honest, people in their 30s, like people like myself who don't have the same like economic privilege that I've had. Like, I think for me, I'm someone that recognizes the advantages of like my upbringing, my background, but also like I took risks that paid off well for me. But there are people out there who took similar risks and they just didn't pay off, right? They joined the wrong startup and never got the equity payout or they joined a late stage company, but the IPO never materialized. You know, I have so many friends who similar steps to me, but over the you know arc of time, way less cash to show for it. And I definitely understand this almost sense of hopelessness that you're speaking to right like those people who are just like whatever worked for my parents or my older siblings is not going to work for me Mm. how else can I generate more capital like or increase the capital that I've got so I don't know like that's such an interesting hypothesis and it kind of makes sense like I can see that as an idea and I think there's definitely a more like yeah there's just i don't know more experimentation amongst like young people like i think it's just trying to do anything just to get on the property ladder get to the lifestyle that they deserve or they feel like they deserve cool everybody that brings us to the end of this week's episode of techish if you liked what you heard please review or rate us wherever you're listening and don't forget to send this episode to a friend that might enjoy it too you can always join in the conversation as well hashtag techish on twitter or follow us at techish pod
0: bye bye cheers Yo, everyone, welcome to a brand new segment where me and Abedessi get to plug anything we want. (laughs) Um, Basically, this week I go first. So what I got to plug is pocketjobs.com. It's the best job board out there for POC, looking for a brand new role, looking for a challenge. So it being layoff season, if you've been laid off, if your friend's been laid off or you're just thinking, I need to make more money, you know where to go. Pocketjobs.com, P O C I T Jobs.com. we've got companies like twitter hiring we got asana we got mode we got intuit a whole bunch of bad boy companies you know what to do pocketjobs.com the link will be in the show notes and uh, yeah peace